to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. We are still talking about experience in the corporate movement of God. Now, if you missed last week's Sunday, this will teach you to not miss a week again. <laughs> and if you miss, catch up. But because my definition. Now, we define the corporate move as when there's a move of God that extends beyond one man having a private experience to everyone having an experience which is meeting a divine purpose for all, but still touching people in a personal way. And we gave several examples of this in the scriptures. We looked at the book of Acts, uh, chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. We looked at Exodus, chapter 19, when um, God descended on the mountain. We looked at Acts 13, verse 2. If I was to give you another one, we can look at Chronicles. Yeah, maybe I can give you one more just for us to see something very corporate. You'll notice during the dedication of the temple that there was something special that happened. Praise God. When you look at Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter six, when they had built the temple, I want you to see what they said to God in verse forty-one of Second Chronicles chapter six. Have you ever heard that song? All oh, the glory. I don't, know, I don't know which pastor is coming to your mind. All of your presence. We, your temple. I've watched him a lot. We, your temple. We give you reverence. Shh. Just whisper. Oh, our eyes to your I can't help but sing that song in that voice. That's why I rarely sing it here. It's like hallelujah. It's difficult to sing hallelujah in the voice. Hallelujah. That one sounds like hallelujah. 
And you know, the, then you do that man of God thing. Have I, I ever told you the man of God thing to do and sing it? Let me show you. Sing hallelujah quickly, quickly. Hallelujah. Start singing, huh? Hallelujah. You have to go a bit faster than them. Just to show you the pastor. Or give them a key that's so high. And when you can't hit it, you just say hallelujah. Come on, team. Take it up from there. <laughs> okay, anyways, let's continue. Now, that, that, that song comes from this verse. It says, now therefore, arise, O God. Imagine they build him a temple and they are saying, arise, O Lord God, to your resting place. Ah. Do you remember Jesus in the New Testament saying, foxes of holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man does not have a place to rest. That didn't mean he didn't have a house. Because he grew up somewhere. Perhaps he was waiting for you and I to give him rest. Notice rest in Genesis only came after he made man. Anyways, let's continue. <laughs> so it says, arise to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. Let your priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation and let your saints rejoice in goodness. Next verse. O Lord God, do not turn away the face of your anointed. Remember the mercies of your servant David. Somebody remind me after this. I need to record a dream I had this morning. I had two. I've recorded the first one. I need to record the second one. The one about the blessing. The one about the blessing. Just remind me about that. Just the one about the blessing. About how to bless the people. Oh Lord, do not turn away the face of your anointed. Remember the mercies of your servant David. Uh huh. Is it done? Uh-huh. Good. You've, you've thought well. You've gone to chapter 7. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of God filled the temple. Next verse. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory had filled the house. Next verse. When all the children of Israel, not one, not two, when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, what happened? They bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercies endures forever. Have you ever been in a meeting and a crazy miracle happens? Do you need to tell people, let's worship? What happens to everybody? Everyone is on their knees. People are in tears. Why? Because everyone has just seen the tangible glory of God. Now, how tangible is this glory that the priests were feeling to enter? Like, hey, how come you haven't entered? Oh, the glory. <laughs> the glory bounced me back. And for us in the New Testament, that's where we even want to run in. Okay, so we are going to reach such levels of the corporate move of God. And for that to happen, there are a few things that need to be sorted out. So I said, number one, we need to be in one accord. I explained that being in one accord means you put aside all differences and unanimously agree to direct your time, 
your emotions, your prayers and resources in a particular direction. Cell ministry already asked me for these notes, so there's a high chance you might have them. I'm still thinking about it. And then we went on into some of the dimensions of being in one accord. We said, number one, when we deal with personal issues. So I hope this week was a week of reconciliation. Number two, when we actually gather together. Right? When we actually gather together. If you've watched uh, the Benny in Crusades, there's a part where they sing, uh, you know the song, Jesus, oh Jesus. You guys know it, right? I'm trying to look at the younger ones. Jesus, you don't know him. Then there's a part, my favorite, it goes like, as we've gathered in this place, you promised to be with us, and you're here. And the crowd answers, and you're here. Try that. As we've gathered in this place, you promised to be with us, and you're here. Then I come again, and you're here. No, your presence we feel. And they'll go tonight. Here in Osaka, we've got the sick, the wounded, the broken. They've been like this, Lord, for years. But because you're here, because you're here, they will be blessed. They will be blessed. Then they will be healed. They will be healed. Imagine the, the corporate faith. <laughs> okay, anyways. Let's eh. So we looked at a few. When, they got, when you actually gather and when you deal with personal issues. Let's look at the third one. Psalms 133 and verse 1. Psalms 133 and verse 1. One of the things that brings about being in one accord is when we submit collectively to the systems that God has put in place. That's why the first thing that happens, one of the things that happens when a church, if you've studied church history and even just studied churches, when a church is about to stop experiencing the move of God, the church will start having political parties within the church. The pastor will be the ruling party, then there will be the opposition. <laughs> now guys, don't, don't pretend you've never seen this before. And then there's team these, team those, team that, team that, and it just gets wild. And there, there are several things that can cause that. I'll give you an example. There's somebody who wants, I remember I was seated with Pastor Daniel, we were at a wedding, and so being pastors, we were put on the table with pastors. Um, and so as pastors, we pretended to have story. So as we were discussing, um, by then our churches had just started, and the pastors were sharing stories about their history, how they started, and all that kind of stuff. Then they told us, oh, by the way, you guys should prepare yourselves in advance because when you marry, you're going to lose more than half your church. That's what we're told. We're told when you marry, you lose more than half your church. 
And the other one passionately said, as a matter of fact, 95% of the members. <laughs> we changed the topic quickly. Then afterwards, we sat and said, guys, that doctrine is beans. It's beans. <laughs> and I, I began to study ministries where that had happened. And I realized why in many cases. Maybe I may not say it here, but I realized why. No, I'll tell you why. Okay, fine. I'll give you an idea of why. You find uh, the pastor dated someone in the praise team, then it ended, then dated someone in hospitality, then it ended, and then dated someone in ushering, then it ended, and then afterwards came to marry the new girl. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Tim praised him and then um, <laughs> Tim this side Tim this side you think and then because of that pressure because of the insecurity every Sunday someone becomes you need to respect my wife you need to respect my wife. The problem with some of you don't respect my wife then drops half the leadership for not respecting his wife. What do you expect will happen? There'll be chaos. Because there'll be opposition parties in the ministry. <laughs> so that's one of the things that I realized. So, interestingly, for both of us, when we married, our churches increased. And I've never had to preach the same when you need to respect my wife. Because if you don't, it's not me who will be angry. It's everyone else who will be like, hey. So, what am I trying to say? We must be very deliberate about protecting the unity and the systems and the structures of the church. Now, let me show you from the scripture how this can bring one accord. Notice in Acts chapter 6 that the moment there was disunity, they brought about structures and systems. The moment the church in Acts chapter 6 had a fight. In Acts chapter 6, in case you wanted to know, that big revival you read of in Acts 2, in Acts 3, all those miracles and the like, it almost faded. Do you want to know how it almost faded? I can show you. Acts 6 verse 1. We'll come back to Psalm 133. That move almost died. And this is how it almost died. In those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Now, I want you to understand this. The Hellenists were a certain sect of Jews. I think, I may have forgotten my history here, but they could have been like Greek Jews or something like that. But they were, definitely there was some difference there was some difference, either in what they believed and I think it was some racial difference of some sort. But it's interesting that this problem wasn't there when they were smaller. The problem became when there were more. Notice, this is what happened. The moment there were more, there was a challenge because uh, widows were considered to be those who, according to Paul's definition, were not just unmarried, as in lost their husband, but they had reached a certain age and were considered vulnerable because they had no means of production. So food would be distributed to them. So now there was a contention, and the contention was that these 
should be getting these are not being given as much as these. Whenever there is multiplication, whenever there is growth, there will be issues. As long as you're dealing with human beings, there will be issues. There will be, how come that person gets easier access than that other person? How come that person's birthday messages was two sentences longer than the other person? <laughs> I, I don't know if I get it my point. <laughs> how come these are getting certificates? It's so much more. I, I don't know if you're understanding. And then the very next thing they did was that's when they appointed deacons and they appointed leaders. And it seems to me that the church in this age respected the leaders who were put. Otherwise, Stephen wouldn't have been able to do all the miracles he did. You'll read it in your own time. They appointed leaders and one of them was Stephen. And then if you continue reading the book of Acts, another thing that brought a dispute was a, was a doctrinal issue, but that's, that's, that's a story for another day. It says there, there was no small contention. That was the time when there was the issue of should we accept the Gentiles and ABCD. What I'm trying to say, ladies and gentlemen, is if we want to be in one accord, one of the things we must endeavor to do is to appreciate the structures and the systems that God gives us. Psalm 133 and verse 1. Behold, how pleasant, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Uh -huh. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of his garments. I want you to see something. Uh-huh, let's go on. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. The interesting thing that we see here is, one, the brethren are dwelling together in unity, but interestingly, they are not at the same level, because they anointing is flowing downwards. And whenever you see Aaron, that's talking about priesthood, right? Because Aaron was the first high priest. And that's talking about structure and order. If you read Numbers and Leviticus and Deuteronomy and all that kind of stuff. And interestingly, the oil never flowed upwards. It flowed downwards. The oil always flows downwards. And it even compares it to the Jew of Hermon descending on the mountains of Zion. And it says, there the Lord commanded the blessing. One thing that brings unity is proper structures and systems. Proper structures and systems. And you'll notice that when that happens, the anointing flows downwards. Study the scriptures, you'll always notice that. That's how it works. In Joel, it tells us they don't break ranks, they match information. What do we see? They won as an army. Can you imagine what would happen to the operations of an army if one person never followed an instruction and did his whole thing? It messes up the whole strategy. Ladies and gentlemen, honor the systems, honor the structures. It's one of the ways of being in one accord. Honor the systems and structures. Can you imagine what people missed out on who did not accept Paul's ministry. Can you imagine the revelations they missed out on because they still kept trying to test and to judge Paul because of his past? I don't know if you're getting my point. The way these things work, you might be shocked. I've heard of these things, like I've, I've, I've heard of situations where 
people have met at like one of our conferences, but the last time they met, it was not necessarily in a conference environment. The environment may have been slightly different. I don't know if you're getting my point. <laughs> what am I trying to say? It's very possible for you to come to church today and the person who's leading you in glorious praise and worship is someone you used to drink with back in the day. Are you going to look at them and say, ah, that one. And then next, you even hear them being called deacon. <laughs> what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that sometimes those are the things that can cause a person not to honor the structures or to honor the systems. And isn't that what they did with Jesus as well? They equalized and the anointing couldn't move. Ladies and gentlemen, will flow in one accord when we honor the structures and systems. Somebody say glory. glory. Think about this. I don't know if you look around and seeing how many connections are there. That is connected to that, which is connected to that, which is connected to that. Imagine what would happen if we disrespected one of the small cables and said it's not important and just went and cut it. There will be, be a circuit failure somewhere and we won't all be able to enjoy the distribution of these waves of sound. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, these are some of the things that bring one accord. Somebody say glory. glory. Let me give you the fourth one. Number four, when we agree in prayer. When we agree in prayer. Matthew 18 and verse 19. Out of curiosity, when was the last time you just agreed with someone in prayer? In this context, I'm not talking about somebody praying for you or like when was the last time you just agreed, saying, hi, can we agree over a matter? Who's done that in the last one week? Raise your hand. <laughs> I'm analyzing. Okay, who's done that in the last two weeks? Like, hi, let's agree in prayer. Okay, who's not done that this year? Like you've not agreed with somebody in prayer. Raise your hand. How do you know what if I want to agree with you? Okay, wonderful. Okay, we're missing out on a lot. We're missing out on a lot. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Prayers of agreement. Some of you who didn't lift up your hands. I know some of the situations that you're in which are supposed to lead to marriage. But you're not agreeing in prayer. What do you talk about? <laughs> what do you discuss? When I say how many have I agreed, I should see the hands of all the, all, all the couples. I should see their hands. Like, like pastor, me this morning. <laughs> but anyways, it's one of the most uniting things to agree in prayer. I want you to picture this, right? Where you're seated. Most of us are seated in groups of three. I want you to picture in these groups that you're in, we each say, um, 
Hi. Yeah, the three of you, right? And then let's say, okay, let's picture the four of you. Okay, three is fine. Three is fine. And then, seeing as you're all fervent believers, you all have a day that you fast every week, right? Because I would be shocked if any of you never had a day that you fast every week. That would shock me. Because if me who loves eating, <laughs> me who it's a sacrifice, uh, I, I've decided I'll not tolerate anyone else. <laughs> okay. Now, imagine the way you are the three of you. You decided to say, oh, so since we fast every Wednesday, we'll be doing a chirimba for prayers. And, and I don't think, oh, for those who don't know what a chilimba is, <laughs> it's a radio. <laughs> now, for those of you, I don't think it will even be complicated because when I tell you people are in complicated chilimbas and how people have understood the formula of how, no, it works like this, then like that, then like that, hey. Okay, so a chilimba is village banking, right? Now, um, it's done in such a way that ideally a person is supposed to benefit from having from a, an accumulation rather than just from one like from something that's accumulated but then at the same time they're also giving back and ideally if they get to have money in a lump sum perhaps perhaps you know how economies of scale work they work better when you've got more money so perhaps things can go in their, in their favor if they use it well. Now, <laughs> if people all over the country are doing those things, imagine we also did that with prayer. That, that, that's not even complicated. It doesn't need so much work. But imagine we agreed that first week of the month, Faith over here will get a lump sum of prayer. The next week, Bernadette will get a lump sum of prayer. The next week, Cassandra will get a lump sum of prayer. And you know what's funny is that it doesn't even, it's not even complicated. Even if out of my entire prayer time, I just took aside five minutes to fervently pray over this person, and then perhaps that day we decide uh, 18 hours, we all log into Zoom, and even just for five minutes, we just agree over the matters of that person. Can you imagine how much power has been made available? Uh, turn to your neighbor and say, sometimes I just need someone to agree with me. Now, who's ever had those moments? Yes, thank you for your advice. Thank you for your listening ear. Thank you for all those things. But afterwards, after you've advised, after you've listened, after you felt, if listen, whenever Jesus felt compassion over a person, he didn't sit and say, yeah. <laughs> No, when he felt compassion, he was steered into action. So, I want you to express compassion in whatever way you want. But one of your healthiest expressions of compassion is to agree with the person in prayer. And you know, I'll, I'll say this from experience. That it's easier to say, I'll pray for you, than to pray for a person. How many of you have noticed? It is easier to say, it is easier for a camel 
to enter through the eye of a needle. <laughs> Sometimes it's easier than for a person who says, I'll pray for you to actually pray for you. Sometimes we think I'll pray for you is the prayer. It's not. So can I tell you what I would advise in that context? What I would advise is that same moment, take that same five minutes, put it aside, take a bathroom break and just pray for them. Because you also have your own things to pray for, you might forget. No, no, somehow when I'm speaking in tongues, I'll mention all of you. Guys, sometimes... (laughs) I know the Lord works in mysterious ways. Let the Lord's work be the Lord's work. But your own, put in your own effort. It's... Praise God. Hallelujah. There was a day, I think last year, I decided to do something very deliberate. I asked for the database of all our members from church. And I started praying for them name by name. It took me hours. It took me hours. Of course, I made use of praying in tongues, but at least I was seeing the day. <laughs> I said, Lord, now I take time to pray in the spirit over this one. And there are certain prayer points that I had for all of them. Now, what happened, I think Secretariat will bear me witness. That same week, people who I had not seen at church in a while, they showed up. I'm not even joking. Then, what happened next? Uh, there are some members who I've been trying to contact for some time. I remember, this is not a coincidence. By the very next day, I received a message at 01. 01. When someone texts at 01, then they are thinking about it. And this is one of the people who, when I saw their name, I had put a star because I realized I hadn't seen them in a while. And they text and say, Pastor, I need to talk to you. There's a reason I've not been coming. Now, what blocked them from speaking all that time? which freed them to speak now. Hey, which reminds me, there's that member I dreamt of today. <laughs> let, me just, let me just write down their name. <laughs> They're about to make a massive recovery. As in... It, <laughs> In case you thought their time was done, you'll be amazed at what will happen in their life. I'm dreaming a lot of late. (laughs) So I was saying prayers of agreement. Let's be a bit practical. I was raising practical believers. I'll give you 20 seconds to get any prayer point from your person next to you and you also get one from them. If you are seated, the three of you just exchange. Any prayer point? Any prayer point? Saints begin to pray for the Lord to have his way. Yes, the glory of the Lord is coming down. Have you got it? Okay, wonderful. 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 Now, now on this one, now on this one, what I want you to do is, you, you, you do it like this. 
You say in the name of Jesus. Jesus, I take my position position as a child of God, as a a servant of God, as as one with authority, as a a king, as a a priest, as a a God, as a a participator participator in the divine nature. And I decree over this matter. Agreeing with. You mentioned the name. And now decree over that matter. Yes. Yes, we have answered prayer. 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 I agree with them for answered prayer. Answered prayer in the name of Jesus. Yes, their needs are met. Yes, their wants are met. Yes, we agree that Lusaka is ours, that Kasama is ours, that Kitwe is ours. We agree, we agree. Hey, Oh, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, 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 glory. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Now, hold on. Now, I've got a question for you. We are we are reintroducing our testimony segment, and we're back. And we're back with a band. Now, here's my question. If that person who you are agreeing with is the one testifying next week, now, ladies and gentlemen, have you seen that reaction? That's what happens when you pray for a person. What happens is your focus turns from you to them. You sound, you sound so excited about your neighbor's testimony. Where, where would jealousy creep in when it's, when it's somebody you love, somebody you're praying for? Notice, Jesus said, that when you ask, the Father will give you that your joy may be complete. That shows you that there is joy in answered prayer. And interestingly for a believer, the joy is not just in answered prayer for you, but it's answered prayer over others. Praise God. 
So imagine you see someone standing in the front next week and you know you are praying for them. You know you are interceding for them. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I can't wait for your testimony. Imagine afterwards you guys go out for lunch and then like as a group as a group guys I'm just giving like as a group okay so imagine as a group you guys go out for lunch and then you're just celebrating answered prayer Haven't you seen those serious students who like go out, like those serious classes who like at the end of the semester they go out for lunch and stuff like that? In the end of the semester. <laughs> I'll finish the exam before everyone else. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> Never to be seen for a while. <laughs> but imagine that where as the team that you're doing lumps and prayers with, you're just say, today let's just celebrate what God has done. And then, where you notice someone has had a challenge, maybe them, they need extra attention. You decide for them, the whole next month, it's just them. Because there are moments in time where someone may need more attention than the rest. Those are divine friendships. Not every time you meet, hey, hey, did you hear what happened to that one? Did you hear what... ah, by the time you're walking out, you have to repent. <laughs> like, Lord, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. It's just that, ah, sister projector. Uriah, <laughs> when we meet. <laughs> okay, let's, let's continue. Hey! Hey! Okay, let me give you another one. When you say amen in a corporate gathering, do you know that just saying amen can do a lot? Okay. How many of us don't know what amen means? Just raise your hand so I tell you. I, you know, sometimes why I do these things is not to embarrass a person. When I ask how many know, how many don't know, it's not you are measuring, it's us. I'm measuring, oh, what have we taught? What have we not taught? Have we just assumed people know this? Because there is a very, sometimes we assume that we, people, everybody knows. So is there anyone who does not know the meaning of amen? Just raise your hand. I'm just curious. Okay, lovely. Do we all know the meaning of amen? Okay, what does amen mean? Okay, wonderful. Now, amen means let it be so. When you're saying amen, you're saying, I agree. Yes. Now, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 16. I want you to see this. Then we'll look at Nehemiah 8 verse 5. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 16. Now, in this one, it's talking about praying in tongues. And then there's something that's said about praying in tongues, which, because order was being brought to the church. Someone would come, let's say like me, and say, um, okay, guys, today's sermon, let's begin. And then the more I keep speaking, me I'm being edified. 
judgment. <laughs> Down on the floor, I get up. Hey, Nabasan, go, go, go. <laughs> I afterwards, I walked out. First speaker. Second speaker comes. Kerinda Alebrahas. Then, so the question that was asked. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, meaning in tongues, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks since he does not understand what you say? And that's why even when we're leading prayer, always end with a prayer of agreement. That's one thing I advise. Always end with a prayer of agreement. And if you've ever heard me when I'm leading prayer, I always start in my understanding. There's a reason why I do that. The reason I do that is because my prayer vocabulary most of the words I use when praying, I learned them by hearing other people pray. So I usually, pre- I usually prefer to start like that, so that if somebody didn't know how to pray, they'll just be copying whatever I said. Then, then I can break out in the spirit if I want to. But I usually just try to aid people's prayer vocabulary, except use the words rightly. <laughs> okay. Notice, any person who you hear pray heard it somewhere. No, seriously. If, if you're praying and you say, I terrorize all territorial spirits, you heard it somewhere. <laughs> I vandalize, scandalize. Can I get up on my bare point? Anyway, have you ever gone for prayers? Not, not a prayer service, a prayer meeting. Prayers. <laughs> One of our members was telling me about an overnight which said my 18 ended my 10 11. And then they came back for service at 15. I said, hey, that grace. You know, there was a time Pastor Gomezo invited me. Uh, it was uh, for he began his own. And he invited me to do an overnight with him. And I said, ah, in my overnight, everyone knows their grace. I said, me. <laughs> so he said, no, don't worry. You will just do a little bit, and then afterwards, I'll take over. So he calls me up, my what? 22. I started with a long worship session. And at 22.15, it was... <laughs> I decided I will preach the longest sermon I've ever preached. Oh, guys, so Kuba 23, <laughs> I'm done with the sermon. We said prophecy. And then the prophecies were too accurate, as in within three seconds, you've already seen whatever you're supposed to see, you've said it. <laughs> healings, we said healing sessions. So what we're doing is that after every healing, guys, we can't be, we can't be taking these healings for granted. We need to praise. <laughs> For this, ah, by the time we reached zero two, I just walked off the stage. <laughs> if you ask him to today, he laughed. So when it reached zero two, I walked off the stage, and then the intercessors went in front. <laughs> and when they went to the front, they started from scratch. Now we are going to start by confessing our sins. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> 
are gay. No, but we've had women. I remember when I went to Kenya, that, that miracle that you saw, the, the leg growing out, that was at an overnight. So it was a Friday. In Kenya, they call overnights Kesha. And so there was a Friday Kesha. When they asked me what time I wanted to be there, they put me for my first when poor awake. And then um, ministered, and I'll never forget that miracle happened. I, I left them. I, I had a dissertation to do and all that stuff. I needed all the rest I couldn't get. So I went, they had prepared a room for me. By the time they were coming, it was time to start off, to travel to another town. We reached the other town, they were already waiting. And then it was cold. As in, I found, I, it was somewhere cold season in Zambia, right? So I found Zambia cold. When I reached Kenya, I found it colder. Then I reached that part, even the Kenyans were finding it cold. <laughs> and then it was cold. I remember I slept with uh, two suits. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> and a coat. And then, I was still not feeling warm enough. And then they gave me one Maasai blanket. That was it. As in the Maasai blanket was warmer than everything else. And then you're looking outside, and to my kids are walking like in a chest. <laughs> and that, that day was one of my strangest days in ministry because you're tired from an overnight, right? You've traveled to another place who are waiting for you. They gave us like two hours to rest, and then we had the morning session. So they gathered, it was like a village set up. So I think it was half full in the morning and I was given to be the first speaker. Now, they are not going to be pleased by my eloquence because they never understood English. And even Swahili, they were not so good. They had their own language. So someone was interpreting. There was one person from there who had gone to university. So that person knew English and somehow knew me as well. They used to follow me. So I didn't know whether she was saying the right things or saying the wrong things. I had no idea. And I preached, and I didn't know where to go, how far to go. And I'll never forget, as I'm speaking, I said, um, suddenly I got a word of knowledge. And I said, there's a person here. You've left your daughter, and your daughter is deaf. She's deaf and dumb. Bring that daughter in the afternoon session. That's how, in the next session, the numbers increased because now everyone wanted to see what will happen to that daughter. <laughs> so we went back for lunch, then came for the afternoon session. They were waiting for us. That session. <laughs> that one was fire for fire, I tell you. And uh, somebody else took it up. We came back. Then there was the other session. I think the daughter got healed in the third session. That session, I remained in the car to do my dissertation. Then I fell asleep. Then it was raining, so I just woke up like boom. And then in that state of confusion of waking up, I start like walking into the church like very embarrassed. Like, so as I'm walking in, like I'm still trying to wake up. And then the man of God in the front goes like, ah, oh, the grace has even entered the house. <laughs> the, the grace has entered the house. I didn't know they had called an oracle for healing. So there's somebody on crutches and the, the grace had entered. <laughs> and so like, 
I just got the front and I'm praying like, okay, be healed. And then it's the screams that woke me up. That's when I realized, what on earth am I doing? <laughs> By the time that session was done, the little girl started talking. Now, and I think that's one of the craziest sessions because I think we had 14 people come off wheelchairs or something like that, 14, about 14. So what happens next is, we go back for supper. Then we're told they're waiting for us again. And I said, guys, we end up where come on you. <laughs> Anyways, eventually, let's just say we came back around midnight. Six, they were waiting. And now it was packed. And then zero six, they were not, they didn't come for a session. It was now testimony time. And there's a picture in my head which I've never forgotten. It's this tall brown woman. She had like hair, like the way Simba's is right now, like, like that. <laughs> and then she's giving her testimony, and of course somebody's interpreting it in English. Now, I couldn't understand any word, but there was a part I understood. No, 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 no. And she turns. No, 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 Zambia. <laughs> and... And the person explains to say, for I don't know, eight years, she was never able to sleep. First, there were demons, apparently. I don't know, there were spirits in her house or something like that. And she had a back problem. And so she always would have to sleep on the floor or something. And she says, until God sent this man of God from Zambia. And suddenly, <laughs> and you know, in that moment, the coldness, the sleeping in two suits and the like all just felt worth it. Then they think, I think they gave us a chicken. I don't know where that chicken is because I don't remember eating it. It's given a chicken. I want my chicken. <laughs> and then we are told this side, they heard about that miracle of that leg growing and so it's packed. They are waiting for you. <laughs> and then we come back and then that person whose leg had grown her mother, when, when I'm standing there, I'm told, oh, the mother is on the way. Because the mother was against these meetings. But when she saw the miracle of her daughter, she said she's coming because her hand was also broken. And then the mother came for the meeting and God, Imwe, I've lived stories that I've lived. Like, I can't be the same after such stories. You think you can give that up for one night going to dance in a dark room? you find it in June and someone has asthma. <laughs> no, seriously. So, I want, like you find it's June. It's very cold. Someone has got all sorts of complications and they go in a vest to go dance in a dark room. There is another life we can show you. <laughs> Somebody said testimony after testimony. Okay, let's. <laughs> That's the testimony. Okay, guys, let's let's finish up. Let's just finish up with one more. Let's finish up with. So learn to say amen. Nehemiah. I think this will be our last point for today. 
8 verse 5. We've got many more points, but we've got many more weeks. Nehemiah 8, and I want to start from verse, yeah, 5. Maybe let's start from verse 1, 2, or 3. This is our last portion of scripture. And I want you to picture such a service. I've said it before, but today I'll say it again. I want you to picture such a service. Now, all the people gathered together as one man in the square was in front of the water gate. They told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. Let's go on. So you imagine we've all gathered together, right? Uh huh. So Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly of men and women. And all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Let's go on. Then he read from it in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday. So that service could have lasted six hours. Before the men and women and those who could understand and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. Someone made a comment last week. There's a photo. There's a photo in last week's sermon where I think I'm standing in a certain position and everyone was looking. So someone commented, Pastor, have you noticed how everyone pays attention? Everyone was attentive. So Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood which they had made for the purpose. In case you think stages and puppets started now. It says he stood on a platform of wood which they had made for a purpose. And then, in case you think protocol started now. And no, notice, and beside him stood Django, Michael, Cassandra, Laura, Bernadette, Sama. Who else was there? Is that Ernest? Is that Abigail I'm seeing there? I don't know if you're getting my point. But generally, the whole team was beside him. I'm just saying, and he was on a pulpit, just in case people think we made this stuff up. Let's continue. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. That's why our building must have a proper stage. Everyone should be able to see. For he was, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. Now, I'm not saying you should always stand up when I'm preaching. But it's just showing the kind of reverence they had for the words that were coming out. Next verse. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered. Amen. Well, doing what? So it's like, I'm here, I'm speaking, and I said, then maybe I'll go. Praise the Lord who is strong in battle. Praise the Lord who is mighty and glorious. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord who gives health to your body. Amen. Amen. Imagine what manner of glory will manifest. And it says, well lifting up their hands. 
and they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. In short, the worship time was not like a time to be cute and just like... <laughs> especially if you see like the, uh, the team with photography a bit near you. Like, <laughs> like, let me see if I've got my worship face on. <laughs> let he who has never done that Cast the first stone. <laughs> so, guys, do, do, okay. So, do you have like a worship face, like, like that face for, <laughs> for if the team, the photography team is near you? Uh, let me see it. How does it look? <laughs> but what I'm saying is, it seems to me as if worship was a time to get lost. You know what I mean? Like they just got lost. It was, oh, imagine like, when I think of the goodness of Jesus, like, oh, or maybe it's time to sing hallelujah. Like, no, no one will out sing me today. And there, there are too many people singing. The Lord needs to hear my hallelujah. Sing hallelujah. I don't know if you're getting my point. And everyone is just so passionate. Our reaction should be, ah, it has finished already. Praise God. Next verse. Next verse. And then all these guys, what did they do? I want you to see what they did. They helped the people to understand the law and the people stood in their place. What does that show you? Ministry team, diaconate, cell groups. Let me explain. Next verse. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God and they gave the sense and helped them to understand the reading. In short, the pastors preached. Then now there are systems in place to help people understand it better. That's why we'll have our orientations to teach people how the church works. You have the NSCM to ground people and give them foundation class and salvation class. We'll have the cell groups to expound. That's how come I can teach a sermon like this and still give the notes to the cell groups. And I expect that people will understand it even better in the cells. Why? Because there are people who are appointed to help people understand it better. It also shows that when ministering, not everyone catches it the same. Some people may catch it at a higher level, some people may catch it at a lower level. But if we want to equalize, we must have some smaller groups in which we can talk. So, if you are not yet an official member of the church and you'd like to be, at the end of the service, you got the information desk, just say, I want to be a member. Okay? How you know you're not a member if you don't have an ID? Number two, if you're a member but you've not done foundation class, or we added you but didn't graduate you because you are not replying, got the information desk, just type, I'm sorry, I want to read. <laughs> uh, don't worry, they won't even ask for the apology. Perhaps you've done foundation class, but when we talk about cell groups and all that stuff, you're just confused because you've got no idea. You go over there and register, okay? Perhaps you've even forgotten your cell group. Maybe the day you were added, but, but they're just adding you, you're deleting it. <laughs> or you just typed, added me to this group, delete it. Like maybe you thought <laughs> you wanted contributions or something. <laughs> Go back and say, I don't know my cell group. 
If on all these categories, you have no idea where you are as it stands with zero error, just go and say, I need a call. Like, I have no idea where I am. Secretariat will locate you. We'll find your position and tell you where you're supposed to go. Okay? But that's, imagine what kind of congregation that will be. We're honoring the systems. We're agreeing together in prayer. We're shouting amen. And we are even in our smaller groups. Imagine that. You know, there are times like I may say, okay, this Sunday I want to teach this, but all I have this Sunday is an hour, and that hour can only bring about two points. So what you guys can do, since your cell groups are meeting on Saturday at 20 on Zoom, all cells discuss one, two, so that when people come, they already have an understanding, and then when I teach, it will be easier. You know, there are times when we do that. Praise God. Praise God. As a matter of fact, I think we need to do the seven Ps. Maybe that's what we need to do first. The seven Ps. What do you think? I think so. Because we want to produce the seven P believers. We want to Not pressure. Namu Namu Sansamka Akumfua Chewo Chakwalesa. Amen. Wonderful. Is there anyone in this place who's saying, Pastor, I want to be registered in heaven, I want to be born again? Every day is a party and stuff like that. <laughs> right, anyway, is there anyone who wants to be born again today? Like, you just want to give your life to Christ? Some of you could have been on the right path and then you, you know, stepped out of it. And perhaps you want to come back today. Just raise your hands. I've seen your hands. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay. I honestly feel like there's one more person You're perhaps having like a debate within yourself. Is it me? It's not me. Is it me? It's not me. It's you. Please stand. We don't want to complete it without you. Just stand. Stand. I'll come get you myself. Who's that final person? I'll give you a moment. Is there any one more person? I'm very sure there is. Lord, let them win that debate. Oh wow. The cross before me. Okay, sing it the right lyrics. I'm the one who messed you up. Guys, sing the one who. Please lift your hands. No turning back. I want you to say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as my Lord. And from this day, I'm born again. Amen. So just before the benediction, just before the benediction, 
Can we just sing hallelujah to the Lord just once? Just once. This time, I want you to distribute the mics well. The males and the females. Is that the best key? Can we just do it once? Just for five seconds? It doesn't feel like church without it, eh? Oh, 
Now in the name of Jesus, I bless you. Your week is blessed. Oh God, just like I saw it in my dream. That you take this moment of blessing seriously. Such that you told Aaron. You told Moses that tell Aaron and the priests. That this is how you are to bless the people. There is a way you want these people blessed. Therefore I speak now as priest over their life. I speak in the name of Jesus. The Lord bless you. The Lord increase you. The Lord cause you to be fruitful in all that you do. The Lord cause your hands to be productive in everything that you work on. The Lord cause you to make meaningful friendships. The Lord cause you to make the right decisions. The Lord cause you to meet the right people. In the name of Jesus, you are walking in health. You are walking in wealth. In the name of Jesus, you are walking in answered prayer. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. You, may you experience the fullness of God. May the God of patience and consolation comfort you in every area that needs comfort. May the God of peace bring tranquility and peace in your life. You have wholeness. You have shalom. In the name of Jesus. We can share the grace. I begin two, three, go. The amazing grace of the Lord Jesus Christ.